Charting your course. We've been talking about this, and this is our third Sunday in, uh, I'm sorry, this is our second Sunday in this new series. You know, um, speaking to our seniors this morning, many of you are uh, of that era, I read the story of the fellow who went with his wife <clears throat> downtown and went into a shop. This is his words. We were only there for five minutes. When we came out, there was a police officer writing out a parking ticket, and we went to him and said, come on, man, how can you give a senior citizen a ticket, and can you give us a break? He ignored us and continued writing the ticket. So my wife called him a donut grabber, and he glared at me and wrote another ticket for the worn tires on the car. So my wife raised her voice at him, and he finished the second ticket and started writing a third ticket and placed it under the windshield wiper. This went on for 20 minutes. The more we aggravated him, the more tickets he wrote. Personally, he said, we didn't care. We came into town by bus and saw the car, had a Hillary sticker on it, and we just tried to have a little fun, and so we talked to the cop. Praise God. We love our cops, and we love our seniors. Praise the name of the Lord. Charting your course. I hope you're having fun. Last Sunday, we began this series of studies on key ingredients for a blessed and prosperous life. There are challenges around us, as you saw just a moment ago with all of the sharks and the different things. We highlighted those last week as we began. There's great distractions around you and I in this culture we live in. And in order to live this life fully engaged in love with Jesus, it will take keen discipline and sensitivity to the plan of God for us to succeed and fulfill what God put us on this earth to do. Our golden text for this series is found in Proverbs 21. I read it from the Amplified Version this morning. There is no human wisdom or understanding or counsel that can prevail against the Lord. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but deliverance and victory belong to the Lord. If you were not with us for part one, let me just highlight two of the major points I shared with you last Sunday. You must trust your instrument panel, which is the word. God's word has got to be the final authority in our lives if you're going to succeed in your journey. And we know that God's word will inspire us and instruct us for the steps we are to take. We also must fill our world with proper words, with proper words. We need to learn to say and believe what God says about us and must be careful what you permit into your thoughts. Must be careful. So today, let's go further. If you'll chart your course successfully, follow Jesus' program for your life. Follow Jesus' program for your life. I want to spend a few moments unveiling an exposition of what Jesus gave in the way of a personal directive to his disciples. Now, many you will meet seriously desire to do what is right. They want to please God, and yet they don't know how. They don't know what to do. Now, let's look into this word this morning, an amazing word that Jesus gave, and I know you're all familiar with it. 
Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshiped him. But notice the curious word that follows, but some doubted. How is that possible? These disciples could doubt. Well, this is his post-resurrection appearance. He's alive from the dead. Wouldn't, wouldn't you be a little bit mystified about not ever having heard of anyone coming back from the dead other than Lazarus? Well, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and in earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for the Spirit's power to penetrate weariness, emotions, fatigue, challenges, worries, concerns. Thank you for speaking to all of us now in the name of Jesus. So I, inv I invite you to answer that question, do you desire a great life? I know that we all do. Here's how to do it. Follow Jesus in obedience. We're talking about his program, the program he's ordained. Follow him in obedience. Now let's note together in this passage, the disciples were given instructions to go to a special, specific destination. You and I know that he's called us to a specific journey, a specific place. This was in Galilee. Verse 16, verse, the, first, the 16th verse, the first part of that verse. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee. They went exactly as he had told them to go. Now let's remember, God puts a high premium on obedience. To obey, the Bible says, is better than sacrifice. So we note that the disciples followed carefully Jesus' instructions to go to the mountain the latter part of that 16th verse, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, not just a mountain, but to a specific mountain that Jesus had instructed them. I'm glad they didn't miss him. They went exactly where he told them to go, and they met him there. So the key here is follow Jesus in simple obedience every day. I love that he's going to meet them there, and he did. I'm thankful he still is meeting people that are hungry for him. He will still come where you are if you're hungry for him. Colossians 3.17, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Follow Jesus in obedience. But also notice, we must learn to follow Jesus in worship. We're worshiping this morning and singing great songs of the faith. But you know something? That is not a, a singular experience for us and that we're kind of covered for the week. Please note with me that in Matthew 28, verse 17, when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. I hope that you've learned to express your love to Jesus on an hourly basis, maybe even more. Jesus, I love you. In waiting for a Someone to come on the telephone, Jesus, I worship you. As you're walking to wherever you're going, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I give you thanks. Thank you for giving me favor today with this decision. Thank you, Lord. For You see, we have to learn to do this. It's a, it's, it's a habit, but it's also 
practicing the presence of God. That's what we want to learn to do. We're talking about how to navigate through challenges that are so unique and different, secret to a blessed and overflowing life. I have a, a friend, uh, uh, his name is John Bueno. John was a missionary to Central American country of El Salvador. He later would become the regional director for Latin America and finally would become the world missions director for the Assemblies of God. He's a brilliant man, wonderful, humble man with family even here in this region. He founded schools across the nation that now are uh, filling the Supreme Court level in, in El Salvador with graduates from those schools that he started. He was pastoring a church in the capital city, and the, the, the church just didn't go any further than several hundred. He got stuck there. And I listened to John tell the story, how he said how it grew phenomenally. And they asked him, how did, how did the church grow so exponentially? He said, I spoke on the lordship of Jesus Christ four months every Sunday, the same theme making Jesus Lord of your life. Now, what does the word Lord mean? It means authority. It means the, the one who's in supreme control. He said, so I preached on that every Sunday for four months. The church grew from 300 to 6,000 in one year, honoring Jesus. Learn the secret of loving and worshiping Jesus. Now, notice we follow him in obedience. We follow him in worship but we also, also wants to, want to learn how to follow Jesus in his purpose. All of us have our own ideas about what we want, but I can tell you from personal experience, the happiest place you can ever be is saying, Lord, you take my life and make it what you want it to be. You show me the way and I'll follow you. God's blessing will be upon people who in these unusual hours follow Jesus in his ultimate purpose. What was his purpose? What is the purpose for our lives? This is what he told the disciples. I want you to go and make disciples. That's verse 19. Make disciples. You go, hmm, I don't know what that is. The word is mamites, the Greek word. It means imitators, followers, or lookalikes. Jesus is calling you and me to inspire others to follow Jesus. Amen. You go, I can't do that. I'm just, I'm a carpenter. Well, teach people. God will give you opportunities. Give him glory. I'm a school teacher. Give him glory as you can. Amen. God will help you. Notice in the 19th verse, he said, go make disciples, baptizing them. You know, when Jesus is Lord... You want to follow him in what he calls for. Jesus himself was baptized in water, and we too are to follow him in water baptism. Every month we have opportunities here for you to be a follower of the Lord in water baptism. Then he said in verse 20, teaching them, notice the tense is active, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded. Isn't it amazing how easy it is to get drift off the path and think it's all about us? instead of doing the simple things that Jesus has called us to do. Just keep on preaching, son, even though they're fast asleep out there this morning. You're gonna... Praise God. 
You know, most of our seniors are so smart, they don't participate with the change of the clock. They just come to the next service. <laughs> Praise God. I'm glad you're here this morning. Praise God. Oswald Smith, the great pastor teacher, said, I'm quoting now, we talk of the second coming of Jesus, but half the world has never heard of his first coming. How many people in our city have never heard that Jesus came to save the lost, to give us hope? So let us learn to give ourselves, our efforts, our love to pursue, pursuing God's program for our lives. You want a great life? Follow his program. It hasn't changed. Notice, secondly, follow Jesus' presence with your lives. We want to learn to follow his presence. Jesus said, go. And so, I can't stay on the sidelines, nor can you, and cry about the tough times we're in. I'm just going to stay in the house until the storm passes. If that's your choice, make your time profitable in the house. You and the cat, make something happen in that place. <laughs> Write letters, make phone calls, do something for the kingdom. Don't just cry in the house and say, we don't have any life anymore because we're masked up and all of that. Are you serious? I, I had to run an errand yesterday, went into the grocery store, and I f forgot to put the mask on. I, I had one in the car, and the lady checked me out. I, I mean, processed my things that I, that I was buying, and she said, just a minute, please. She was really disgusted. I didn't, I, and, I, and I thought, oh my, I don't have a mask on. I don't wear a mask at home. I don't wear a mask in the car. I don't wear a mask when I'm walking. Anyway, she stopped everything and went over to the main desk and got, the, got a package and said, put this on. This is for you. I said, thank you. Praise God. <laughs> anyway, I'm feeling better now that I told you about that this morning. <laughs> I can't moan on the sidelines and talk about how tough times are. Do you remember Moses? Moses said, if you don't go with me, I'm not going. And I think that's a worthy statement and prayer that we should make. Where there's no going, there will be no glory. Where there's no going, there won't be any glory. I want the glory of God to rest upon me, and it's going to happen as I follow his companionship. Let's talk about his presence. What are the conditions for his companionship? What are the conditions? Notice he said in the 20th verse, go and surely, surely I will be with you always. What an amazing thing. His presence does not go with us just to console us or comfort us, but to call us forth into deeper things that will advance his kingdom. What will the presence of Jesus bring? What will his presence do through your life and mine? In John 14, verse 12, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. That verse bothers me 
when I don't see any evidence of that in my life. And so I say, Lord, your companionship is critical for me. And the key is, I must believe you. Notice what he said, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have done, and even greater. The broken will be restored. The sick will be healed. The bound will be loosed. Let me give you an example. Some years ago, Bonnie and I were invited to Asuncion, Paraguay, the capital city of that beautiful Latin American country. We were there with Pastor Emilio Abreu, who a former Catholic that God breathed upon and turned him into a tremendous leader. Today, his church is over 10,000 strong in that great city. We were, we had just, I had just finished preaching. The crowd had left. And, uh, and uh, he and I were standing at the back door of the church, and a taxi cab squealed up to the door. And a taxi cab driver came and grabbed a guy by the back of the neck who was clearly, you know, not really with it, and dragged him into the church and laid him on the floor right in front of us. I'm going, wow, this is how they, this is how they do ambulance work in, in Asuncion. <laughs> and he spoke in, in Spanish to Emilio, uh, and uh, he told him these words. He said, we took this man to the hospital. They said he's dying. There's nothing that they, we can do at the hospital. But they, they heard that there's a church in town where the sick are being healed, and the new chapter is being written in people's lives. Take him there quickly. So the taxi cab driver knew where the church was, took him there, and dropped him off. We didn't know who he was, didn't know what was wrong with him. We just prayed. Milo and I prayed for him. And when we prayed, I'll never forget it, when we prayed, we rebuked the demonic powers that were in that man. He wasn't a very old guy, but he was clearly dying. And some, some demonic power came when it left that guy and hit me right in the stomach and doubled me over just like that and then bounced off me and crashed the window above our head. All of it happened, chop, chop, just like that. And I go, whoa, glory to God. Well, the next day when we came there for to the church, and we left the guy laying there on the back bench. And the next day when we came there for service, you know, for Bible study in the morning, he was sitting up. And he said he was hungry. They started feeding him. By the end of that week, he was up in the aisles dancing like the rest of the people and enjoying the presence of the Lord. Let me just remind you, the companionship of Jesus is a powerful force in our lives. Notice the promise of his companionship. In Matthew 28, 20, I will be with you even to the end of the age. How can any of us be filled with fear when Jesus is with us? Are you afraid? Are you worried about tomorrow? I love the scripture in Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's a lot of key words in there, but I want to focus on one word, the word dwelleth. Dwelleth. Notice it's an active tense. It means, the word dwelleth means to sit in the seat. It's a fixed position. As you're abiding in that position, God is watching you. He that sits in that seat that says, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I believe what God says about me and about my future. It is not the picture of a wavering saint 
One day living in victory, the next day in the valley of despair. It's a picture of a person with a made-up mind. I'm going to keep my place before the Lord. As I do, he's going to cover me under his shadow. So, you know, there's things that irritate me from time to time, probably like you. But I saw something the other day that really rubbed me the wrong way. It's a bumper sticker. You know what it said? Try Jesus. Now, you can watch a commercial on TV. I was watching a, a commercial yesterday as they were, they were playing the, uh, the uh, tournament down in uh, Florida, the golf tournament. And, and uh, the commercial was showing all these new drugs that can help you with, with psoriasis, with lumbago, with whatever you got. You know, they got shots and pills and all of that. And then they, they said, try it. Just try it. Uh, Jesus is not some drug you can try for a while. We're not trying Jesus. We're not seeing if he works for us like it's some kind of a magic potion. Come on, what kind of people are we? Try Jesus. I hope that wasn't on your car. I don't want to rattle your cage too bad this morning. <laughs> Psalm 91 verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. He's my fortress. In him will I trust. Let the storm blow let the wind gale. I'm trusting Jesus. Glory to God. Abide in his presence. You'll find great joy and fulfillment no matter what's going on around you. Follow his program. Follow his presence. And finally, follow Jesus and his power will fill your life. Matthew 28, 18. Notice what he said. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Think about that. All authority. All authority. Jesus is still coming to people who long for his touch. He's still coming to people who have faith in what he can do. The living presence of Jesus in your life releases power. The living touch of Jesus, all authority. If you were a student of, that, of the Greek, you would know that the word authority means exousia. It means a delegated power, the right to exercise authority and power has been given to Jesus. Notice what he said, all authority, all the rights in the whole universe are in my control. I'm so thankful I belong to Jesus today because he has all authority to open any door, to shut any door, to release anything you need in your life and your walk with, with him. The resources of heaven are at his command. Let me try that again. The resources of heaven are at his command. Amen. Will you be quiet when I say that or are you going to go, glory to God? Glory to God. Now, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life will create desire. The power of the Holy Spirit in your life will create desire. Could you imagine having capability and capacity to do epic things with your life and then not do it? 
Would you be ashamed of him before this ungodly generation we live? Or would you be bold enough to say, he'll give me something to say to anyone I meet if he wants to, and I am ready to speak for him. So it's not about what you can do for Jesus. It's about what his presence will do through you. It's not about what you can do for Jesus, but what his presence will do through you. So we need to dream big dreams in the middle of these things going on around us. We need to have a wide open view that says, you know what, these are golden days for us to live boldly for Jesus, to make a difference for him, to walk in line with his word, to talk in line with the word, to be filled with the Holy Spirit's presence every day. I hope that you're a person who's practicing the presence of God. Watchman Nee, the great Chinese uh, uh, pastor, said he would set a chair next to his and envision that Jesus was there at the table with him and talking back and forth every day, practicing the presence of the Lord, learning to obey what he says. A scripture that means so much is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 and 30, where Paul gives instruction to the new believers. Do not let any unwholesome talk. Do you know what that means, unwholesome talk? If you examine the original language, it means rotten fruit. Did you ever bite into a, an apple and you found out that it's been bruised and, and it's brown inside and you go, what happens next? It comes out of your mouth. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful, helpful, helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for that day. God's reminding us that the Spirit of God is listening to every conversation we have. And he's going to reward those who are concerned about building people up. You know, there was, a, as I close this morning, there was a time in Israel's history that although God had delivered the people in an in amazing fashion, the people developed a carelessness towards God. They became disrespectful. I was listening this morning in Numbers, how they said, God, why did you bring us out from Egypt to just die in the desert? And they murmured at God. They rebelled against his ways. They, they were sarcastic. They were indifferent. There was no respect anymore. I'm reminded of this, this verse in Isaiah 63, verse 9. We're talking about navigating through uncharted waters, filled with troubles and trials in our lives. Notice what it says. In their distress, he too was distressed. God felt the pain of his people. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and mercy, he redeemed them. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of old. Isn't that an amazing scripture? He carried them. He carried them through things that should have killed them, should have wiped them out. And they drew indifferent 
and they started moaning about COVID, about vaccines, about unemployment checks, about border issues. They started complaining about all the stuff that people complain about. Now notice how God responded. This is important. In the next verse, it tells us volumes. Yet they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he turned and became their enemy, and he himself fought against them. What a mystery. How there would be such mercy and tenderness and glory and grace. And the people, it was in their power to keep his hand upon them, and they rebelled. And so instead of God working with them, it seemed as if he was their enemy. Now, you know God's not your problem this morning. He's never been your problem. But his word will work with you or work against you. So I want to learn to stay in the seat and not waver. No matter what goes on around me, no matter who's in power, no matter what government entity says this and that, and taking your guns or whatever they want to take, with all this stuff. I like that, that Clint Eastwood movie, Go Ahead and Make My Day. <laughs> anyway, just a little pastoral itch I have. Anyway, my point is this morning, I don't know about tomorrow, nor do you, but God wants to carry you through if you'll let him, if you'll honor his presence, his program, and his power. You will never miss getting where he wants you to be. Would you stand with me in the presence of the Lord this morning? I just want to worship you, Lord. I just want to worship you that you haven't changed you're the same wonderful Lord that wants to cover your people. You're the same King of glory that wants to protect and bring us through reports of cancer, reports of frustration, reports of shortage, chaos all around us. I thank you. You know the way through the wilderness. And so this morning, we humble ourselves before you and acknowledge your greatness. We acknowledge that you have a plan. You said, go, go, and make disciples. And as you go, I will be with you, and I will help you. So, Lord, may we be focused on what you want us to do. May we be focused on what you have for us to do. May our efforts be to make a difference in this world for your glory. And Lord, your presence is easily grieved by negative, critical, frustrating words. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And I thank you, Lord, that as we go with you, with the attitude that honors you, your power will ever be present. May we learn to practice your presence every day as we live. Guide us, direct us, help us, Jesus. Protect us, Lord. 
that we will not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we faint not. Praise God.